0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Let me start out today by saying that we normally like to keep this a family-friendly show, (laughs) but today's subject matter might not be appropriate for all ages. Now, when I was a, a lead pastor over a church, I had a situation that was really not all that pleasant to deal with. Um, as as school board members or pastors or whatever, it is our job to protect those that we're in charge of when we're in those type of leadership positions. And oftentimes when it comes to churches and schools, what we see is they kind of like, they attract those that are predisposed to wanting to abuse children. And so we have to be on guard when it comes to these type of situations when we're in those leadership positions. Um, Well, it was brought to my attention when I was a pastor, lead pastor of a church, that one of the new people that had just recently been attending services at our church uh, over the last few months or so, was was a registered sex offender. Now, not only that, but he was labeled on the government's website as a predator, which meant that he was likely to actually offend again. Um, I had to have a private meeting with him because there's 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 a couple of different things going on. As 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 a person, you know, sin is sin, um, but. And and we've all sinned, but some come with different consequences. And one of the things that, uh, if if you're going to be a registered uh, sex offender and and being labeled as a predator, uh, in fact, then you, there's going to be some things that have to be put in place to where you don't have access to children. I'm not going to make you my uh, my children's pastor if you have that designation, right? And so, um, so I had to have this this private meeting with him. Uh, and the church board and ask him not to attend our church any longer. Now, I have to say this, that, you know, he's still a person and he still deserves to be able to go to church. Um, but I, in his case, I had to ask him to not to attend, attend our church any longer. And it wasn't simply because he was a sex offender. It was that he was trying to hide it. He hadn't come to me. He hadn't let me know he had been attending for a while. He 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 knew that this is where he wanted to to, to start attending services, and yet he hid this. And I let him know that that uh, when he got to the next church, that he wasn't obviously welcome at ours, uh, but that when he got to his next church, I, I gave him a, just a word of advice, and and I said you need to talk to that pastor when you get there. And you need to sit him down and you need to say, Hey, this is the situation. Uh, you know, I'm a registered sex offender. Uh, I am even designated as a predator whatever. And here's even the situation. If you want to talk about it, it's, it's completely up to you, but you just have to explain that to him and say, but I would really like to attend your, your services. I really, really like to be a part of this congregation is there a way that, that that can be done? And, you know, whether it's, you know, that that I, you know, I have to follow somebody uh, or if somebody has to follow me, you know, a, a staffer or whatever the case may be, uh, then, then can we make those accommodations? But just simply to try to hide that fact um, meant that there probably was some more there going on. As, as, as a member of a school board, We had to deal with individuals on average, I would say almost once a year, to be honest with you, Um, whether they be, you know, from uh, coaches or uh, teachers, uh, whatever the case may be. We had we had to deal with them quite often. Uh, They would follow the kind of the same pattern of what is called grooming. Now, grooming, they they become friends, basically really good friends with the target, and but not only just the target, they become really good friends with the family. They ingratiate themselves to the point that after the sexual offenses have been brought to light, the family oftentimes defends the offender. The family will come to the defense of them and say oh this definitely could not be the case this is such a great guy or the great gal or whatever and this is this is something that that could never happen and they just can't even come to terms with the fact that this is you know the the reality of the situation there has been a growing trend in our society today that is getting more disturbing all the time it is the systemic societal grooming of our children, it is the destigmatization of the pedophile, and 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 let me explain what I mean here. Uh, Lifesitenews.com uh, had this uh, going back about a year ago, so it, this, this goes back to 2020. It said that the that the Washington State Legislature gave final approval to a pro-abortion, pro-gender ideology sex education plan that will allow the sex act to be described to five-year-olds, seven-year-olds to be taught about sexual pleasure, and sixth graders to be directed to a website featuring how-to on anal sex. It's a how-to on anal sex. Critics warn that these materials will expose children to explicit material. I would concur. The law requires Washington State public schools to adopt new comprehensive sex education materials over the next two years. They're already doing that. Just so you know, this is again this this was about a year ago that this uh, article came out, and they're already doing it. Uh, the the uh, The law does not mandate uh, anyone um, curriculum, but rather establishes standards to which all curriculum. Must conform, and that's uh, what uh, Katie Faust and a uh, said, and she's a child's rights uh, activist with um, Them Before Us organization. Uh, pro-life and pro-family advocates have sounded the alarm by highlighting the graphic lessons of sex ed curriculum uh, that meet the bill the the laws standards. A a sex ed curriculum by the uh, pro-abortion, pro-LGBT group advocates for youth uh, meets the law's standards and is already being used in Washington schools. Now, this curriculum is called uh, 3R is what it's called. Uh, it heavily promotes gender uh, theory. Um, it, uh, it promotes promiscuity, uh, condoms and comp- contraceptions, and abortion. And, and and even more than that, the, the 3R curriculum also directs teachers to have 14-year-old students role-play negotiating for sex. Teachers are warned that if two cisgender heterosexual boys end up randomly being assigned to each other uh, for, for this exercise, quote, it is possible they will have a, hom- a homophobic response, unquote. So if they don't want to do it, if they don't want to have this, this conversation with each other, then they're just homophobic. A three-hour lesson plan called Create Condom Confidence has ninth graders practicing putting condoms on bananas on bananas or penis models. Their homework assignment is to, quote, see what it's actually like to try to get them yourself. So they want them to go to the store and buy the condoms. Students are told they have a right to access condoms at any age, and that adults who make comments about them purchasing condoms can be reminded of that. <laughs> adults, even, even meaning parents, right? Supporters stressed that a centerpiece of the new content will be lessons about affirmative content to sex which will prevent future victimization and future violence against women and girls. Now, Foss reviewed the educational materials that comply with the law and identified numerous alarming passages, including references to devout Catholics and pretty conservative households supposedly leaving their kids ignorant about sex, highlighting bathing together and mutual masturbation as activities with no risk for sexually transmitted diseases and references to 12-year-olds using condoms. Now, other messages contained in state-approved materials, she says, includes instructions on bondage and body fluid play. So yeah, urine and all that stuff. uh, How males can allegedly have babies and why they should be allowed on girls' sports teams and how to obtain abortions, cross-sex hormones, and HPV vaccines without parental involvement. "Quote: Some of the approved curriculum is so graphic, legislators couldn't quote it in proceedings without getting gaveled or silenced, she said. Capital Television had to run a mature content warning when airing debate coverage equivalent of a rated R movie. Of course, it's heavily lobbied by guess who? Planned Parenthood, who has a vested interest in prematurely sexualizing their pers- their prospective clients or in other words, cash cows. This is not education. This is propaganda, ideology, and yes, grooming. This is just one of the reasons that the state of Washington has seen 55,000 children leave the public school systems since before COVID. They they are almost panicking at the fact that so many people, so many parents are taking their kids out of the public school system, placing them into private schools or even homeschooling. But another disturbing trend is growing, uh, and it's, it's, delegitimizing the, 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 the stigma when it comes to pedophiles in our society. Um, here's here's a really interesting article by Corrine Murdoch, and she's of the Daily Wire. And And last uh, she says, last month, an Old Dominion University, ODU, professor of sociology and criminal justice, Alan Walker, who spells it A-L-L-Y-N, Helen uh, Walker brought global attention to a newer term, "quote minor attracted persons," unquote or maps for short, within a greater argument that uh, that pedophiles shouldn't be ostracized for their urges. Although Old Dominion University seemingly initially defended the comments. They eventually place Walker on administrative leave. Walker, a transgender male, goes by they/them pronouns. <laughs> In the controversial interview with the Prosta- um, Prostasa uh, Foundation, a this is a this is an uh, activist group seeking to de- uh, destigmatize the pedophilia um, type of term. Walker discusses uh, her or his book. Uh, Quote, a long, dark shadow, minor attraction people and their pursuit of dignity. And claimed that the stigma associated with the attraction to minors is harmful, not just to the pedophile, but potentially to children. Quote, the stigma that we have against MAPs. throughout throughout society can not only affect well-being, but it can actually lead to harm against children, said Walker. Walker also claimed that pedophiles' attraction to children wasn't immoral, arguing that the actions alone could be moral or immoral. Quote, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up through that the use of The term minor attracted person suggests that it's okay to be attracted to children, but using a term that communicates who someone is attracted to doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction. Get this. From my perspective, he says, there is no morality or immorality uh, attached to attraction to anyone because no one can control who they're attracted to at all. In other words, he says, it's not who we're attracted to that, that, that that's either okay or not. It's our beliefs and responding to the attraction that are either okay or not. Now according to a profile on 500 Queer Scientists, and I didn't even know that was a thing, but I guess you can, if you're really into scientists that are queer, then you you can actually go to, um, to, to the website and you can find on fi- 500 Queer Scientists. Walker's career began as a social worker counseling crime victims. After working with sexual assault victims, Walker became more interested in wanting to help prevent harms created by systems. Kind of sound like a lot of a lot of buzzwords there, right? Walker later earned a criminal justice PhD and focused on institutional harm and emphasis on the harms created by systems such as criminal processing and mental health care. Now, Walker was also involved in the American Society of Criminology uh, division on queer criminology again didn't know that was a thing um but it, uh, it it even has an acronym dqs the dqs published a post in support of walker's research and conclusions and they claimed that any controversy or opposition to walker's perspective was a personal attack on walker as a transgender person of course if we disagree with him then it's not the fact that we're disagreeing with what he says that we don't that, that we believe the opposite of what he says, or or we don't believe that what he says is is truthful or is, is not in error. We just uh, we're we're just attacking him personally because he's a transgender person. Of course, that's the case. In fact, here's the quote quote Recently, DQC member uh, Dr. Alan Walker. Uh, his, in his work on minor attracted persons has been targeted by people who are misrepresenting their their research. It is necessary to understand the causes of sexual offenses in order to prevent them, and Dr. Walker's work aims to do just that. Wow. <laughs> Much of the bias against Dr. Walker's research is rooted in their gender and is an attack against transgender people specifically and LGBTQ plus people more generally. We firmly believe a cisgender researcher would not have been targeted in this manner. The leadership of the DQC, or Division of Queer Criminology, is fully supportive of Dr. Walker and the important contributions their work makes to the field of criminology <laughs> along with the book walker uh, released several other re- research papers on the topic um one titled minor attraction a queer criminology criminological issue uh, that was back in in uh, 2017 and another one quote i'm not like that so am i gay the use of queer spectrum identity labels among minor attracted people. That was just released a couple of years ago. The, the works uh, convey a consistent idea. The, the same one Walker's intellectual pre- predecessors have steadily marched to impress upon the society. Um, pedophiles aren't necessarily dangerous or immoral. That's what they're trying to get across. In fact, they say, Society may be the blame if they do act. Um, at the tip of this intellectual iceberg is is the term used to uh, destigmatize uh, pedophilia or MAPS people, right? In the in the past fourteen years, the acronym MAPS M A P uh, has uh, gained traction, really, with those seeking to destigmatize pedophilia. Pedi- Pedophile and pedophiles themselves, with the assistance of those in academia and even in the medical community, uh, they have proceeded to do this. Some use the distinction N N, like as in Nancy M A P or No Map, so N O P A N O M A P No Map. Uh, For short, and that's just that what what that's an acronym for is non offending minor uh, attracted person uh, to signify those that don't act on their urges through contact or mediums like child porn and things like that. So what they like to do is they just like to use the word map map minor attracted person. Uh, Pedophiles uh, or pedophile is the generally adopted and accepted term for an individual who is sexually attracted to children. Uh, Derisive from the mental illness, obviously pedophilia, the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders categorizes pedophilia or uh, pedophilic disorder among other pedophilia and pedophilic disorders. Uh, They they say it deviates sexual interests uh practices or behaviors that may cause psychological distress in themselves or others, including those who can't give legal consent. So again, that's that it, it it definitely is the definition of pedophilia. Then came map coined by pedophiles uh pedophiles with the support of academics and mental health professionals like psychologists, um you know, Reportedly seeking to understand and help them, the the uh, uh, predecessor to MAP was one called MAA, uh, which that term uh, gained traction in about two thousand three with the creation of the nonprofit Before You Act. It's B four the number four U and then hash and then uh, a dash Act Before You Act. Uh, co-founder uh, of that movement was a childmester. His his name was Michael. and and as as a counselor uh, also um, was teamed up with him and his name was Russell Dick. Now, Before You Act markets uh, itself as a collaborative effort between mental uh, health professionals and pedophiles to produce research and support and communication on on pedophilia. And and Before You Act used the term MAA until about 2007 when it coined uh, minor acted persons. Uh, that, that's where the MAP started, because it, it re, uh, reported that pedophiles were claiming that they experienced their pedophilia urges prior to adulthood. Now, MAP isn't the only euphemism. Uh, there's, there's others, uh, which include AOA, uh, the Age of Attraction. Um, some within the MAP community have uh, coined slogans like MAP Pride or MAP Positivity. Map support or even map rights. Um, everywhere the term "map" is used, though, there's there's a, a concerted effort to understand and even, you know, destigmatize pedophilia. in In 2012, uh, Slate published an article by Jennifer Blyer, uh, who would later serve as the senior editor at Psychology Today uh, from 2014 to 2018. And she describes a man's uh, ad- admission of his long standing attraction to boys in an article entitled, How Can We Stop Pedophiles? Stop Treating Them Like Monsters. Uh, B- Blyer uh, proposed that society should bear some of the blame for pedophile crimes. She argued the destigmatization of pedophilia could prevent harm to children. Really, because it seems like to me just the opposite. Uh, a, "Quote: He considers himself a minor attracted person, a term that some prefer to use to pedophile, and that he and others like him have been quietly um, promoting is the idea of society needs to recognize that they exist, that they are capable of controlling their sexual desires, and deserve support and respect for doing so." Wrote Jennifer Brile. Blair. Uh Bleier even offered something like a follow-up on the story a year later uh, where she she gets into um you know how uh, sexual childhood abuse and focus on on the predators themselves um should should be the thing not the victims but we should we should feel sorry for uh the pedophiles um and and it's it's just it it's so I mean I could get I could get really into this, uh, but it's, it's just very sick and, and perverted in many ways. And I'm not going to go that much deeper for you. Okay. I know. Thank you. Right. Um, really um, when when you, when you look at some of this stuff, the, the whole sympathy for the pedophile and the disregard for the victim is just absolutely sickening to see. Uh, Blyer wasn't alone in her um, in, in her takes on pedophilia. Other uh, academics um, proposed that society itself was to blame for the sexual abuse uh, of of children. Uh, in 2019, two psychologists published an opinion piece claiming that stigmas attached to pedophilia led to harm for both the pedophiles and the children. These arguments to delegit uh, to destigmatize uh, the pedophilia, have long been associated with efforts to lower the age of consent, thereby legalizing sexual relationships. I mean, if, between you know the the adults and the minors. I mean, if if you can't if if you can't make it illegal uh, to to do it, then we're just going to lower the age, and then then it's it's legal, right? Pe- pedophile ab- advocacy co- coalitions have made that clear. That such um, organizations like the North American Man Boy Love Association and other groups that are now defunct um, have have said the very same thing. Some of the earliest documented pedophile ab- advocacy groups and organizations uh, emerged in the 1970s, following the sexual revolution of the 1960s, and scholars have have often thought that um, this is the direction that things were going when you legitimize the, um, the having of sex with, with basically anyone, you are basically taking off any kind of limits on sex, then this is the natural conclusion. And this is the natural direction. This is where that road leads. Um, and, and, and let, let's just say this, um, the, this, you, you can't say that, that this, is, um, this is an immoral thing if you're saying that love is love. So when we go to this whole idea of, uh, of homosexuality and an LGBTQ plus thing and all, all this stuff and saying love is love, you should be able to, 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 to love anybody you want, then how can you say that you can't love a child? And, and it's this, it's, it's a natural progression, but when you have a biblical worldview and when you have a worldview that's based on, on the Bible and, and, and the fact that we're supposed to take care of those that can't take care of themselves, when they, when you take care of these, these children that can't make these kind of decisions uh, on their own, then, then this becomes immoral but it's moral to people who don't have morals right does that make sense i mean we we cannot go down this road of saying that love is love and 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 you can just love anybody you want and then say but maybe these people over here can't love who they want or maybe i can't love this dog over here or uh, love my cell phone whatever the case may be we can't go down that road because and, and and then and then say that there there are morals so you know you you may you may agree or you may disagree with me on this. I am not saying that that sex is wrong. Sex education is wrong. We shouldn't teach our kids about it. We sh- we definitely need to, because sex is beautiful and sex is something that is God made. But when you take it and you you pervert it in this way, then that's where we go off the rails and try to to say that pedophiles are okay in what they're in what they're thinking and what they're doing that is wrong and that is immoral. and so anyway again you may agree you may disagree we would definitely love to hear from you on it and of course you can do that at uncommon sensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.